This is a podcast called What Am I Doing With My Life by Andrea Sadowski. <laughs> Hi folks, new year, new me, new podcast. Just kidding. I'm gonna be the same me, only more of a chaotic goblin than ever before. So keep tuning in for all things anti-capitalism and not wanting to work bad jobs. I'm so grateful to you, listener, for tuning in and listening to these conversations that I get to have with my friends about their lives and their work and their mental health. It's been very healing for me to have these conversations. This episode in particular honestly felt like a therapy session for me. Ember is so wise. They're spitting sage advice throughout this episode, and they come at it with such love and grace. And I really appreciate their presence in my life and their willingness to sit down with me and record this episode. So just a little intro at the top, Amber Moonen is a professional artist based here in the Fraser Valley. They're a teacher, curator, and community builder, and recently won the Arts Advocate Award from the Abbotsford Arts Council's 2023 Artie Awards. Congratulations, Amber. You can check out their work and website and find a list of all their upcoming shows and workshops in the show notes that is on my website, which is linked in this podcast description, wherever you're listening right now. So without further delay, here is my conversation with Ember. Okay, I'm here with Ember. Hi. <laughs> I met Ember through like a party one time, I think. And then we met up through Go Play Outside. We were like at the same event, or I was at the same event through my organization and she was working there. Mm-hmm. And we got to know each other and became friends. And I wanted to have you on because you're one of the few people I know that actually makes a living as an artist and like this is what you do mm-hmm. and you graduated from Emily Carr which is like a very prestigious art yes. school yeah. and now you're out here living the artist life Ooh. in Abbotsford <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and that's really admirable I don't know really anyone who has done that so your art is inspired by the metaphysical, and it's pretty, like, abstract in nature, right? Yeah, for sure. Start by telling me about your journey as an artist. You, as a little girl, did you think, I want to be an artist when I grow up? And then you walk that journey, and you graduated art school, and now you're here. What's it? Tell me your path. Thanks, yeah. I've always been making art. I remember a lot of sitting at a table and just working on crafts Mm. and coloring and being in my own world. Mm. So I kept doing art throughout childhood. I'd get praise for pieces that I would make. Mm. And I think that can spur you on to keep creating. Mm -hmm. So I did and I did art all throughout high school I was in AP art in grade 12. Oh, there's such a thing as AP art? Yeah. Oh, crazy. What is, how is that different then? Um, it's just like kids. more studio time and yeah. Okay. It's a smaller class. There's only like five or six people in that class. So you okay. get more focused attention. Okay. And yeah, you can explore and create whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I 
Went to Emily Carr when I was 17. And that's crazy you got into that, right? Like, you need to have a huge portfolio and, mm-hmm. like, there's, like, auditions or what, yeah, whatever to get in. portfolio day, which I yeah. went to and didn't receive positive feedback. Like, oh, no. it was crushing in a way. Oh. <laughs> and so I didn't think I was going to get in, but... Um, at that time, I you could make a website to apply, and which is what I ended up doing, mm-hmm. and um, I got in first nice. time. So like for me, it didn't seem like it was difficult, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do struggle to mm-hmm. break in. And so the degree is a, like a bachelor degree in fine arts. Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, BFA. So how is you don't. Like, are you not, like, writing research papers and thesis, like, you are doing that, or? Yeah, sure. Yeah? Lots of papers. Lots of papers still. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just have no idea, like, what is art school even like? (laughs) Like, what do you do? Well, um, I can only tell you about my experience. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like I said, I was 17 when I started. I'd never lived outside of my parents' house, and suburbia. And you grew up in Abbotsford? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Somewhat, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then... And you moved to Vancouver. Yeah. That must have been really cool. It was really cool. It was um, a good shock. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I changed and became a different person Mm -hmm. in that process. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So art school is like half of your classes are studio classes and half of your classes are lectures and oh about what art history a lot of the time okay yeah i did a few i did like history of printmaking um non-western art history and then of course western art history okay yeah and then we do some socials classes so like uh looking at social theory and cultural theory that's cool what was your favorite class my favorite class I didn't have, like, the easiest time going through school. Mm-hmm. I think because I was such a sheltered, insecure, deeply troubled person. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, it was hard. Yeah. So I, I actually took, like, a semester off mm. partway through my degree mm-hmm. and uh, just took extra time. <clears throat> why? Because the course load was so intense or why was it so hard? Um, I was experiencing, like, a lot of personal traumas. Mm. And I needed to focus on getting better yeah for sure yeah so that was good though yeah and then you graduated and became an artist so what so you graduated back in 2011 oh that's when I graduated high school (laughs) (laughs) so you you went straight from high school to university no gap year Mm -mm. okay two months wow yeah okay and then okay now 12 years later what has your journey have you been a full-time artist this whole time you obviously had different like jobs in there Mm -hmm. what are some of the jobs you had so uh right after i finished school i worked in a toy store Mm. i also worked at an eggplant where they it's like a food bank manufacturing plant okay um not leaving here so and then after that, I, I decided to go back to school for massage. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And so I did that for, it was like a full-time program for five months. Mm. And then 
I tried to have my own massage business for a while. I worked at um, some retreat centers in the kitchen and nice. housekeeping. I worked at a, like a little cafe thing. Mm. I worked, yeah, I worked doing massage at a yoga studio. And then I did a yoga teacher training. Wow! Which <laughs> was a horrible experience. Oh, yeah? yeah? Which one did you do? It doesn't, it was a school here in Abbotsford, and it doesn't oh. exist anymore. Mm. Um, I just took it as I'm not meant to go down that direction, mm. and I'll go do something else now. Mm. Yeah. So. so what's the something else you did? I, well, that was in 2019 mm-hmm. so then i went into the hospital mm. in 2020 and after that was covid so i did nothing and i um, bought a van and drove around bc nice and then came back worked in a pizza shop mm. <laughs> like i had a lot of different kinds of jobs. so how do you decide what job you're gonna apply for and get because it's always like a side gig right like your main mm-hmm. thing is always art and you just have this other job to support you that's right so yeah. how do you what leads you to apply for what job um it's kind of like someone tells me about a job mm. or um one time i was incredibly desperate and was like facing losing my home mm-hmm. i wouldn't be able to pay rent and i saw like a help wanted sign in the window and i went in and got hired like a couple days after that nice yeah so it's just like luck and circumstance okay and people offering me jobs i don't yeah i don't usually get the jobs that i apply to mm. yeah that's usually how jobs work you got to know somebody and then once you have an in yeah. you get a job i mean one time i was i used to go to church and i was sitting in church and a lady in front of me turns around and we start chatting and then she's like hey are you looking for a job right now and i'm like yeah i am and got hired like a month later because nice yeah it's weird how things work out like that um what's the weirdest or craziest job you've ever had Hmm. Hmm. i guess the most out there job not really it's not really out there it's unexpected Mm. was I worked for uh, um, two things are coming in my mind right now. I worked for a jewelry designer replicating jewelry. Okay. And then I worked for an independent book publishing. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It was kind of like half gallery because they worked with artists a lot. So Mm. they're doing artist books. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I particularly love the way that you center your art around community. Mm-hmm. Like you have, um, you teach workshops in the community, you work with nonprofits to te- teach workshops, and you're running the Snag in the Valley with like highlighting different artists. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool in the art community how you guys don't see each other as like competition. Like if you buy art from this guy, that means, if one person buys art from this guy, that means that's one less painting this guy's gonna buy from me, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you are very much like, the tide lifts us all up. Yeah. So what, how do you incorporate like community development into your artwork and why did you decide that was super important? Mm-hmm. I lived in community in my early 20s when I was still going to school. Mm-hmm. And that, 
experience uh, kind of fostered a love for a community within me. Mm -hmm. And so since then, I've always been pursuing that and looking for ways to um, belong. Mm -hmm. So it's really motivated by like my own personal loneliness, but mm. also like a, just a love for when things come together and it's so magical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how has it been building community here in the Valley? It's been like a 10 year uphill battle. Yeah. Because um, you moved back from Vancouver after graduating. Yeah, after graduating from bodywork school. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's been really difficult. Uh, there's this community is very insular, mm -hmm. and its focus is somewhere else. It's not on art. Mm. And I've really struggled with that and struggled to find my place and find my community here. Mm -hmm. It's always felt like I don't belong. Yeah. And so um, I've watched it grow and I've been lucky enough to be a part of its growth, um, like working for the Abbotsford Arts Council and then nice. watching the Reach get built. And, and you worked for the Reach for a while too, right? No. I've, I like, when they first opened, I think I did some, like, um, volunteer gallery attendant work, just mm. a little bit while I was in school or something. Okay. And then I did a workshop at the Reach. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what are some suggestions maybe you have for people about their feeling, like how you're feeling, like they're lonely and mm -hmm. don't feel a sense of community but desperately want to connect with like-minded people in community? Yeah. I think you either have to move to where you can find that, mm -hmm. or you have to be willing to put yourself out there and mm -hmm. build it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you do that through making events and networking and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about your relationship with like the metaphysical realm and how that has inspired your art. Yeah, what has your spiritual journey, I guess, been like in connecting to this? Because you said you went to church and now you're not in church anymore, but you're connected more to like, you seem very like a spiritual person and you let that influence your art too. Mm -hmm. Like what is, tell me about that journey. I think as a child, um, my safe place was my imagination. Mm. And so, I, you can call it disassociating, but yeah. I've done a lot of that, and so I'm always in other places in yeah. my mind, and over the time, over time, like, those places have just become more real to me, and mm -hmm. as I read more and learn more and discover and expand, mm -hmm. um, that place in my mind is expanded as well, so... I see my paintings and as portals. They are something that you can step into mm. in order to reach that other realm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, what other realm? <laughs> I mean, it's infinite. So, like, if you think about parallel lives. Oh, yeah parallel universes mm -hmm. that 
that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie Everything Everywhere all at once? Oh yeah. What did you think? I, I, a lot of those ideas that they kind of talked about in the film I, is stuff that I'm very familiar with and mm-hmm. stuff that I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. It was like chaotic and very cool. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, <clears throat> I think we talked about it one time mm-hmm. at a party, and because I was like still stuck on the idea of like, how do you access mm-hmm. your other lives mm-hmm. that maybe you chose in a different universe? Mm-hmm. And like the point of this film is like this lady is like accessing all the other lives of herself and using that to get yeah. out of this like weird situation. Yeah. And you said, oh, that's a possible thing, and I'm like, what? And I didn't <laughs> know like that was like yeah. I thought that was like something they made up for the film. No. What, what is that? What is the deal with that? How do we do that? So all of those lives are taking place right now. It doesn't matter if it's like a past life that you had, or an alternate reality where you've made this decision and now this is your life. It's different in this way, but all of those things are happening simultaneously with this reality, mm-hmm. and because that you is still you, you maintain a connection with those alternate versions of yourself, and so you can access their experiences, Mm -hmm. their wisdoms, you Mm -hmm. can ask them questions. How? You just ask them a question. Well, I guess, like, in order to get to that place where you're in contact with your alternate self is through a meditation or trance Mm. or you know like for um me i've developed that being able to go into that state so that i can just do it anywhere anytime i can just open open a door in my mind wow and how did you develop that through meditation and stuff yeah so massage school was really great because it was uh, a very healing experience and a lot of things that I'd been holding on to, I wasn't holding on to it anymore. And it's a very it's a very deep healing experience. And so when you go into that state, um, you can start to open doors. Okay. Like, so you first have to heal the parts of yourself that you don't mm-hmm. like because there are some doors maybe like other realities like I've closed those doors yeah I don't want to access them yeah but part of healing is um. coming to terms with those realities mm-hmm. and that's the hard part I think so yeah some people like you can you can open gates or doors uh, with substances okay so like DMT or DMT or LSD or mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, I don't. Anyway, but you, those um, substances can open gates for you. Mm. Yeah, but once you've opened that gate, it's it's open now. So you can you don't need the substance anymore to access that. Realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there realms? Like, do you believe in demons? Um. Like, are you afraid of ever opening a portal to, like, the demonic? Or that doesn't happen because you don't have that intention? Well, there is a lot of 
darkness and anger and scary parts of life. Yeah. So even within myself, there's parts of me that are monstrous. Yeah. So if I can make friends with the monster within me, then I don't need to be afraid of anything outside of myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's good. And if you believe that you're safe, then you will be safe. Okay. Yeah. That's Even good. if you encounter things that terrify you. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like that's, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. Like, you need to focus on love. Mm-hmm. You need to focus on that you're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that because you're taken care of, those things can exist. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to hurt you. Yes. They're not going to take over your body or whatever it is these people are afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. So you're more focused on, like, the angelic side then. Like, there's angels all around us that are protecting us. For sure. Yes. Definitely. But that's cool. You access. You have such free access to yeah. that. I mean, it, it, it makes it hard to be around other people because I've, I've trained myself to be so open mm-hmm. that if I'm around a lot of people or, like, not the right people, then I can start taking on their energies mm. and it, that becomes really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I live a very isolated life. Yeah. You have to be careful who you surround yourself with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I guess people, like, they... That happens to everyone, but they just don't know... Like, it's, like, true the saying that, like, you become the five people that you surround yourself with, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's true of everyone, but they just don't realize that it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know? They yeah. don't... They're not attuned with, like, this is my energy, this is this person's energy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So... Okay, meditation is then your number one tip how to start connecting to these, the unseen worlds, I guess. Meditation and healing practices. Okay. Yeah, because you can't have block, like, I I have blocks. Mm -hmm. Like, there's things that I struggle with, but you have to be willing to be open to those things Mm -hmm. and like put whatever is in the way of that aside Mm -hmm. like what therapy yeah do therapy I did massage and that did a lot for me and then just ways of taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. ways of understanding who you are Mm -hmm. so are you mentally ill yes <laughs> by society's definition, I am. By my own definition, I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm traumatized. Yeah. And that trauma has influenced my life. Yeah. How could it not? Right? Yeah. So, how. Does I guess I have like three questions in one. Like, how does your mental illness affect your work as an artist? Mm-hmm. And how do you look af- 
like how does it affect your work as an artist and like how does both inspire you and um maybe block you and then how do you what practices do you use to take care of yourself and your mental health so for me i have to be very selective about the environments that i'm putting myself in and the people that i'm associating with um i can't work a lot because that pushes me down a path that becomes very unhealthy very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I guess like in terms of productivity and output, a lot of the time I don't, I'm not, like I'm not creating every day. Mm-hmm. I'm not making art every day. I might um, have like a couple of weeks that I make a lot mm-hmm. and then a couple of months where I'm making nothing mm-hmm. and so it's just like my cycle mm-hmm. what you have energy to do yeah 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 which is why I start doing workshops or I work like I do community artwork and stuff like that because <clears throat> that changes what I'm able to do Mm-hmm. Like, it gives you more energy, or what do you mean? Um, if, because I don't create every day, mm-hmm. I will just, like, become very stagnant, so that those things um, motivate me. They get me out the house okay they get me doing something Mm -hmm. and especially working with community Mm -hmm. a lot of the times people people are just very energizing and they're inspiring Mm -hmm. yes and you also use like your mental illness to create art as well like i saw you at a series that you created while you were in the hospital yes um does that do you still use that as like not inspiration, but, like, motivation to create art? Well, I'm very thankful to be alive. Mm-hmm. So, even, even just being alive yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And that inspires me. Yeah. But, um, I make art because I can't not make art. Mm. And I've tried, and it just comes back. Mm-hmm. So, I, it's been the process of, like, accepting that of myself and embracing it mm-hmm. and then becoming it mm-hmm. um, yeah so tell me about the business side of art because that's a whole different like you can't as an artist as a full-time artist you also have to be a business lady mm-hmm. like you can't just paint you have to market yourself and mm-hmm. sell the painting like what mm-hmm. How have you reckoned with that side? Like, are you naturally good at that? Or, like, how do you learn that side? Yeah. I'm naturally made to work for myself. Okay. I have a hard time working for other people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't last very long because I just need a lot of freedom in my life. Mm -hmm. And so it's not easy. I'm not making a lot of money. I'm not able to support myself doing it, which is why I do these other jobs mm-hmm. but um, yeah uh, it's fun 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like designing the website mm -hmm. and like doing the social media. I try not to let it take over my life because mm -hmm. I don't want to be that. Like content creator? Yeah. Like everything is content? Yeah, every yeah. day posts three times a day. Mm. Like, no, I'm just going to post when I feel like I have something to say. Yeah, which is not like strategic, but it's also better for your health. Yes, yeah. definitely, for sure. And in a way, that's also strategic because you can't <laughs> make art if you yeah. are feeling bad. And I think, too, like, I'm a human being and I'm doing this because it's who I am. Mm -hmm. So if I tried to do something in a way that wasn't authentic, mm -hmm. it just wouldn't last. It would be a disaster, I think. Mm -hmm. So I just do it because it's who I am. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it as myself mm -hmm. yeah. so what are some like what is the best way you use like to market yourself and to get out there in the Abbotsford art scene and to be a professional artist yeah I'm definitely an introvert so social media is a big part of what I do and how I connect with people mm -hmm. um, but it's also like teaching workshops it's mm -hmm. also like going to events and meeting people mm -hmm. um, and building those relationships over time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like working for Go Play Outside is really great because I get to meet a lot of different artists. I get to meet people in the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, that working with children is not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a special kind of ability to work with them. And you like working with them? I do, yeah. They're fun. Mm. They can be exhausting. Yeah. I worked in a daycare Damn. for a little bit, um, and it was like this tiny little room, and there were so many kids, and it was just like, there was no windows. And oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so that was kind of intense, but it's just like, I really connect with children. I think they're wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so there, it's easier for me to relate to a child most of the time, like, compared to relating to an adult, which I find very difficult. Mm. Yeah. Would you ever go into teaching, like being an art teacher for... Like in school? Yeah. No. I've looked into it. I was going to, um, whatever the word is, like shadow at the local high school down mm -hmm. the street. In the, for the art teacher there. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I know very certainly that it's not for me. Okay. Yeah. Because you can't work for yourself because you're working for the school district. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, there's a program that you have to follow and you can only teach this or mm. you have to teach this. And mm -hmm. it's just, no. Yeah. So you prefer just to work like one-off workshops, like things that you're very, like, this yeah. is my thing. Mm -hmm. This is the workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Like with Go Play Outside, I get to be outside all day. Mm -hmm. I can't do that if I'm working in a school. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Was your high school art teacher like, like they inspired you to go further? Okay. Yeah. Um, I had two art teachers actually. Um, and they were both like very supportive mm -hmm. people. I spent a lot of time with them mm -hmm. in various classes. And um, I think their support and their um, nurturing 
of me and what I was doing mm -hmm. was definitely a, a huge part of applying for art school and thinking that I can do this. Mm -hmm. Who else have you looked up to, like, in the art space or any space and, like, been, like, they're my career role models? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, like, Sandy Johal, an artist in Vancouver. Okay. I would say it's a big inspiration. Um, Drew Young is a huge inspiration for me. Um, he's the founder, one of the founders of Snag. So, okay. Yeah. How come they're such inspirations to you? Well, I love that event. Okay. <laughs> and he made it, so. Mm hmm Yeah. And it's, it's just been cool to watch him, because I knew him when we were both going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, watching him develop Snag, and then watching him develop the Vancouver Mural Festival, and mm -hmm. just, like, what he's doing and where he's going. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, Snag is, you get four artists and they all create art at the event, mm -hmm. and people buy tickets, mm -hmm. and then there's like a raffle to get the art that they create, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So somebody's gonna go home with art. Four people are gonna go home with art. Yes. So you've always had the confidence then to be able to work for yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. No, I was a deeply insecure person. Yeah? Yes. How did you so get over that? self -doubt. I'm. I'm still not over it. Mm. Still struggle with self-doubt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, same. It's just like little bits at a time. Mm -hmm. I apply for this one show. Mm -hmm. Once a year. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just take my time. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it's just like I can't not. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And working for, I've worked mostly for small businesses mm -hmm. so I'm working directly with the owner okay and I'm learning from them okay yeah that was definitely helpful what not to do and what to do <laughs> mm -hmm. yes that's true yeah. what is next for you do you have what's your what's your greatest aspiration mm -hmm. my greatest aspiration is to be a full-time artist like supporting myself through art mm -hmm. Um, I have next is Snag, um, and then a solo show in February, mm -hmm. um, so that's coming up, and then I'm going to be doing Go Play Outside again next year, mm -hmm. and I'm going to also be doing monthly workshops at Slice of Life next year. Nice. I think there's just like one month that I'm not doing a workshop, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that feels really good. Um, that's it so far. There's always, I'm always looking for stuff. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever thought about going back to school again to do like, do people ever get like masters or like? Yeah, for sure. Have you ever thought about that? I have. Um, I've looked into it. There's like a program at SFU and like I'm like CAR has a program, UBC has a program. Um, I just, just haven't felt like it's right for me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was looking into it to become a university art teacher, which may be, could be better than working in high school, but mm -hmm. I still, I'm not sure it's for me. I can do like sessional classes with universities, like just show up for one semester and teach stuff, but mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of fucking money. Yeah. You and really got to do, like, a cost-benefit analysis. Like, I spend all that money. Yeah. Is it going to, like, mm-hmm. equal extra income in the future? Like... Maybe. But in the arts, it's kind of tricky. Yeah. Like, did... I, I know for... Well, for many years after I graduated from Metlin Carr, I thought my degree was basically useless because mm. I wasn't making money doing art. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Why did you decide to go to get formal training to do art? Hmm. I mean, I would get formal training to do social work. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. You're a person. Mm-hmm. I think it's just, if you have a desire or you're curious, mm-hmm. um, it's an opportunity to work and learn from people who have been doing it for a long time. Like, there's professional artists teaching at Emily Carr. Mm-hmm. So you're getting to learn from them. Yeah. You're getting access to studios, mm-hmm. which is like millions of equipment, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which you can't unless you're at school. Yeah. So now you look back and you're like, okay, that wasn't a waste. Like, it was good that I did that degree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky. Yes. Yeah. I think if I was going to do a master's or any more schooling, it would... It would have to be for something. Mm-hmm. It would have to be like, I want to do this, and I need this in order to get there. So then I would do I it. I see. But right now, I don't need it. Yeah. So why put myself in debt? Yes, exactly. Um, okay, this is like a random question that I've always been curious about. How do you... How do you decide how much a painting costs? Oh, yeah. This is great because I just figured this out. Mm. I have, I have, like had no idea how to do this for a while. There's lots of different suggestions on the internet, like, oh, keep track of your hours and tally up the ma- materials supply cost and add that and then pay yourself a wage. And that, to me, is just really complex and... I forget to keep track of my hours half the time, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't work for me. So I've just recently decided that it's length times width, and that's it. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's how big the painting is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It makes a nice number, and that's that works for me. I'd be happy to receive that for this painting. Okay. Yeah. So you focus on mainly very big pieces. No. This, you can see back there against the wall on the desk. Okay. Um, those are all my canvases that are going to be in the show in February, mm-hmm. and they're all pretty small. Yes. Yeah. So at the show, at the shows you sell things. It's not just, hey, look at my art. Mm-hmm. You, you're there yeah, to sell art. Yeah, for sale. Yeah, oh, for sure. I see. Mm-hmm. This is also a very, like, noob question, like, someone who doesn't know, <laughs> but... What makes good art? Like, why does society be like, oh, Andy Warhol, he's good. And um, Monet, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they choose who's a good artist and who's not? <clears throat> I think a lot of the times it's people who are doing something differently than what was done before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that necessarily makes it good art. I think art is very subjective. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times it's a feeling 
Yeah. Okay. And what somebody thinks is good art, I might not agree. Mm -hmm. Vice versa, right? So it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's up to you. But um, I think in terms of like society and culture, sometimes people are just very um, charismatic or they're very, like their energy mm -hmm. just dictates that people would flock to them. Mm -hmm. They're magnetic in that way. Mm -hmm. And so they get boosted or, I mean, it's also like people with privilege, often their work gets seen more than somebody in mm -hmm. a disadvantaged situations. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's who you know. Who your parents are. Who your parents are, how much money you have. Yeah. How well you communicate your ideas. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your reputation, are you easy to work with? Or are you challenging? Like, yeah, depends. Mm hmm. We're just people, right? Mm hmm. Now, um, if you could say one thing to 17-year-old Ember, uh -huh. what would you tell her? I think I would say that it would get better. Mm. Okay. I think I, I would tell myself, like, you're going to find out who you are. Yeah. Good. Do you have any other thoughts on mental health or vocation or art or joy? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are all very interconnected for me. I think if you hear a, a part of you inside yourself telling you to make art, I think you need to listen to that part. Mm -hmm. I think if you don't, then your life um, won't feel satisfying to you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be unhappy. Yes. Yeah. If you quiet the part of yourself that tells you, this is what I want to do, and you're like, no, shut up, you don't want to do that. Yeah, that doesn't well, make any money. Stable. Yeah. Um, because I think like that dream lives inside of you because you have the capability of achieving it. Mm. It's just you have to believe in your ability. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there's so many dreams that I've just. Yeah, and it, it's normal to have multiple dreams. Yes. It's just, and sometimes it doesn't work out. You can follow a path only for so long, and then it's like, this isn't the right path. I need to go somewhere else. Mm hmm. Find something else. And that's okay, too. Mm hmm. Like, you are fulfilling that goal. Mm -hmm. it's, we don't need to have just one goal yes. one dream Yes. Yeah. part of me is like I always live in like I have a fear of death and like I want to live my life to the like very fullest because we only have like 75 to 80 years on earth mm -hmm. and I'm going to make use of every single second and every single day and I have like so many different lives that I want to live but I have to reconcile with no I just get this one mm. and what am I doing with it you know mm. you get this one but then there's alternate versions yes. of you that get those lives yes. <laughs> like, yes you're doing it okay so you just have to live this one life and uh, it's okay if this thing doesn't work out 
Because mm-hmm. I know in another life, it has worked out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would like to meet those other parts of myself. Do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I haven't... I've tried meditating very briefly, and then I'm like, no. I, I, I can't stop thinking. Like, I have a very, like... I'm a very anxious person, so, like, I'm always... Part of why I smoke weed is to shut my brain up. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks to the meds I'm on, um, I can drink, and smoking weed makes me a little nauseous now. Yeah. So I have been living that sober life, and it's been interesting after... Well, you're just on different drugs. Exactly. Yeah. I'm on, yeah different drugs that make my brain feel different things Mm -hmm. and it's weird how society is like this pharmaceutical mind-altering substance is okay but this other mind-altering substance is not okay the one we made is okay Mm. the one the earth made Mm -hmm. questionable yes um i like to imagine a volume knob so when i'm having a lot of mental chatter i i have a very active imagination i picture that and I just turn it down okay that works for me try that you ever you have you heard of a term maladaptive daydreaming Mm, I think I have I don't know too much about it though it's just like when you like you create this fantasy world in your head of Mm -hmm. yeah like another life Mm -hmm. and you I used to do that a lot as a kid and I find myself now still struggling to not do it um, but yeah, when I, when I was in a bad place or I wanted to escape the reality that I was in, I would just go to this other life I had made up for myself in my head and daydream for hours. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, whenever something bad is happening or, you know, just I'm stuck in this life that I don't really want or that's frustrating, I just go into this other this other life that I've created for myself in my head and mm-hmm. I have to come to terms with like, oh, this is really detrimental. Like you can't live this life that you have while living this totally different made up fantasy life in your head, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever, when you say you have an active imagination, has it ever been like, do you have to stop yourself from imagining? Mm-hmm. Cause it's like- Yeah, I've definitely, have done that um, and it's caused a lot of harm in my life and so it's like recognizing what's true it's asking myself is this really true though mm. do, I, do I really feel this is this what's really happening and um, yeah um, so it's okay I think to daydream um, and in a way, you're accessing a different version of yourself when you're doing that. So, like, you're already doing it. Congratulations. Um, but yeah, I think if you are doing that in a way that's harming the life that you are currently living, mm. uh, I think it's being able to find a way to direct that energy. So, I make art. Mm-hmm. which is a very daydream kind of state for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that helps me, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm, like, daydreaming that um, 
of this person and I are in a relationship and it's all in my head and mm-hmm. I'm feeling those feelings because like mm-hmm. same with any other <clears throat> uh, thing like your body's responding to your thoughts mm-hmm. so it's created like a delusional reality for me yes which was not healthy mm-hmm. and um, yeah it's you can take it like in these directions you can take it to a place where it's unhealthy for you or you can uh, recognize like what's true mm-hmm. for you right now in this moment and then find a way to uh, like find something to direct that energy on or towards okay so like if you had a goal or a dream you can actively daydream about that goal and then use that daydream um, like people talk about this for manifestation, right? It's like, mm. imagine it's already happening. And then asking yourself, okay, like what steps do I need to take in order to get to that dream? Okay. So how do you practice manifestation then? Um, I guess like I focus on the thing that I want. So I want to be an artist. Mm. I want to make money doing art. Mm-hmm. So I look for opportunities to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm patient and allow opportunities to come for me, mm-hmm. to me. I listen to my intuition. I trust my intuition. I do what it tells me to. Mm-hmm. And So very active instead of just passively waiting for something to come to you, yeah. actively seeking it out. Yeah. I'm yeah. very, like, because I'm a Sagittarius, so a, one of the th- things that I think about is uh, pulling back an arrow and just shooting it off into the distance and then following that arrow. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, I'm that kind of person that I need, I'm a manifester as well, like I need to make things happen. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I think it's also like leaving time for rest because that part is very generative Mm -hmm. in its own way. Mm -hmm. I love lying around. I love watching movies. Mm-hmm. I love doing nothing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It is good. I always have to silence my brain because whenever I lie around, I'm like, you should be productive right now. You should be doing something. You should be working towards your goal actively. Mm-hmm. Do you just silence that part of your brain and just say, shut up, I am working towards my goal by, by resting? Yeah, I say that's a lie, and I don't need to listen to that. Mm. That's good. Yeah talk back to the demons who are telling you hell yeah I I have to otherwise they just like consume me yes you can like analyze why they might say that Mm. you can like tune into what that how that made you feel Mm. and where is that feeling coming from Mm -hmm. I find that's helpful for me as well find things that make you feel good and cultivate peace yes it's it's not necessarily about being happy it's just being peaceful mm. enjoying your life yes yeah. amen yeah. thanks for tuning in to another episode of what am i doing with my life if you liked what you heard please subscribe leave a review follow me on instagram and sign up for my newsletter all of these links can be found in the episode description wherever you're listening Have a lovely day.
see you next time